We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way, and I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 43 months into two weeks to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson, alongside a very strange guest in the middle of the week, but I'm happy to sit down with him because we kind of had the evening free, and I'm glad we did because we didn't actually have anything for tomorrow. So I thought that we would um, just chew the fat, as uh, as he likes to say. And joining me is uh, the fan favorite, of course, somewhere between iconic and psychotic, LARPer extraordinaire, Marty Foster. Marty, how are you? I'm very good. Uh, satisfied. I've just had a big dinner, and yeah, I've been hungry all day. It's, it's because, like you and Bruce were talking about, when you uh, do some physical work, some physical exercise, and in this case, I've been doing things on my little boat, you know, getting it ready for another sea trial at the weekend. And it just kicks the appetite off. Everything feels great. You know, you feel better for burning off that little bit of energy. And then you can be justified in having a massive dinner, which is what I've just had. How about you? Uh, I'm fine. I didn't have a, a massive dinner. I like to, well, I, of course, I went to the gym, I worked out, and then I, I had a, um, a shameless plug. I had one of those cliff bars. You ever have cliff bars? You know what I'm talking about? You've seen them probably before. CLIF Cliff, you know, the energy bars you can get in the high protein. No? Uh, can't say I have. I mean, okay. when you said right. Cliff Bars. Yeah, Cliff Bar. I thought you were talking about um, Cliff Richard. I, no, I've never, I've never. Okay, I don't even know who that is. But um, yeah. that's that's what I have after a workout. And then I, of course, I, you know, go and come back home and I have a sensible dinner and then I sit down and we start our thing here. So yeah. anyway, normally I don't do this plug on just a, an off day, but I'm going to today. And of course, I have to say before we get started that uh, we did take a big risk when we started all of this. We're not backed by fake corporate dollars that push fake agendas that make everyone hate each other, i.e. the mainstream media today. So if you're interested in supporting the work that we do we do offer additional features with our now active subscription service benefits include access to our instant messaging service for direct communication to us along with early access to upcoming and sometimes unpublished podcasts as well as exclusive access to our behind the scenes uncensored prep sessions where we talk about things that sometimes don't make it to the final product which you're hearing now so if you want to take part in this fight with us if you want to support a team that's willing to do the real research and not give you fake nonsense for talking points if you want to say screw you to the mainstream media like cnn fox news bbc sky news and msnbc then the link is in the program description down below where you can come on board with us and take advantage of these benefits that we're offering to you. And by doing so, 
you will support our work and the research that goes along with that work. And together we can take the fight to the doorsteps of these frauds that are on the television, in the newspapers, and the talking heads on the international stage. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, together we can take action as subscriptions start at just $5 per month. Are you still unsure of what you're getting? Well, we now offer a 30-day free trial, which includes unlimited access to all features and content. Again, the link is in the program description down below. So, Marty, chewing the fat, where would you like to start? We don't have to talk about politics. We don't have to. Well, you, you just mentioned doorsteps. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll tell you about what happened today. Uh, over the last couple of days... This isn't a cold caller, is it? No. Well, I had one of those. They got told to Foxtrot Oscar in no uncertain terms. That was uh, a couple of days ago. Guy knocks on the door, interrupts my work. Um, so I've come downstairs to answer the door. And he went, oh, yeah, we're in the area. I'm not trying to sell you anything, but we, we're the ones installing the new super fast broadband. Uh, and you'll be able to get this, that and the other for just £25 a month. Can I please have an email address so I can send you details? I went, no, f*** off. But that's not what I was going to tell you about. My family despite my protestations, keep ordering stuff offline, off, off, off the internet. Off the internet, and okay. I was going to say, you kind of need to be online, because if you were offline, yeah, you couldn't order things. Yeah, you know what I mean. Anyway, um, I work from home, so I'm always in. So they take advantage by the fact that I'll be there to receive parcels. But what happens nine times out of ten is my spy cam on the front door goes ring, 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 alerts me to the fact that somebody's at the door. And by the time I've left either my man cave or my office and got to the door, they're already back in their vehicle, having left something outside. Yeah. And today yeah, I money. caught... Time is money. Uh, screw that. The time is money, but also theft is a problem. Um, people actually follow these delivery people round and porch pirates grabbing your goods that you've paid for that you've then uh, got to do without while you argue the toss with the suppliers because of uh, stuff being stolen. Stuff doesn't get stolen from mine, thankfully, because I'm here. And Reggie has got a good bark as well. That that certainly puts people off. But today, it took me 11 seconds to get to the door. I know this because, like I say, I've got a ring doorbell. And it started to record the guy. And when I got to the door, I could see there was a car parked at the end of my drive and a big box in my doorway. So I I, I, I said, excuse me, young gentleman. Actually, I went, oi. And he got back out of the car and walked up my drive. Yes, sir. What's the problem? In his clearly Indian subcontinent accent. And now he was under 25. So I'm guessing this is someone straight off one of those little boats because he wasn't brought up in this country uh, because he hasn't got any kind of um, English accent. And I, you actually, I don't, I don't care if this sounds racist. I know in my heart that guy was an illegal immigrant. And They can't um, hire them if they are, can they? There's of course no they are. If, well, you've got to um, have a driving license, right? First, that's the first thing. You've got to have well, a you would license. hope so, but the car, the, there was two of them in the car, and my guess is that the other person in the car was actually the license holder so he might be someone who's already established in the uk and legal 
But this this guy, he just looked every inch like one of those people that we see getting off the boats in on the Kent coast all the time. But I said, why didn't you wait for the door to to be answered? And bearing in mind, I, I know exactly how long he stood there because I played the video back afterwards. Nine seconds from him walking up my drive, placing the parcel down, ringing the doorbell, taking a photograph and then just walking back to the car. Nine seconds. He couldn't wait nine seconds for someone to open the door. So I said, well, why, why didn't you wait for the door to be answered? And he said, oh, I didn't think you were in. I said, so you've just left that there to be stolen then, have you? At which point he didn't have any kind of answer at all and scurried away back to his really poorly maintained old hatchback car and off he popped. It just frustrates me. These companies that are sending stuff out via these private couriers, do they not care if people get the products? No, they're just the middleman. No, the courier is the middleman. Yeah, I'm talking I mean. about I'm talking about the um you know the well, companies I, I that think, are actually yeah, yeah. providing. I, yeah, of course. The, the I, I think this is the I think this is the same thing. It it applies in in all circumstances when it comes to to big corporations like this or any kind of contract. And you, you uh, I think you understand this better than anybody. Is when you're looking around for something, if you're if you're looking to subsidize part of your business, then you're going to contract out that work to a subcontractor, and you're going to find the company that's going to do what you need for the least amount of money. So well, every, that's what you're yeah, dealing with. Every, every bit of business, inverted commas, training I've had, they emphasize the fact that reputation is everything. So if you're not receiving your goods because they've been stolen from your front doorstep, because their couriers haven't got an extra four seconds to wait for somebody to open a door, then your reputation is going to be damaged. But yeah, but our values are, are slowly but surely disappearing, uh, and the the concept that a good reputation with your customer um, is the most important thing for any business mm-hmm. has has nearly disappeared. Mm-hmm. No, I I agree with you. Do you have any other uh, complaints that you'd like to air for the uh, the general public on on services that you are provided with? No, but I I will be having serious words with my nearest and dearest. Uh, to convince them to stop buying stop so buying. much stuff yeah. online because um, it irritates the hell out of me. Yeah, yeah, I I understand. Uh, Matthew Perry, you heard about him? Yeah, very sad. I, I know you don't watch television. You probably no, never no. even seen but an episode I, of Friends. I do, from back in the day. Yes, of course I do because it was playing around the household, or you know, you're going through the you know the college dorms and everybody was watching it. So that's it, yeah. Did you, and I very much doubt you did, watch the reunion um, that happened a little while back? No, I can't say that I did. I I just remember the series, and I remember it was, um, what's her name? Uh, um, What's the woman? Um, Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, Jennifer Aniston and the other one, Courtney something or other. Fox. And yeah, and this guy, I remember him, and there was another one. Uh, he does a TV show in your country now. Yeah, uh, oh, took Matt over LeBlanc. that Matt guy. LeBlanc. Yeah, he took over. Yeah, and, he took over and, for uh, Clarkson. Yeah, and David Schwimmer. I don't know who that one was, but all right, I, that was Ross. Oh, okay. Uh, I I remember the character name, but I honestly, yeah, he could pass me on the street right now, and I wouldn't know who he is. So, but anyway, go on. Uh, but in the reunion, Matthew Perry 
looked really, really unwell. He suffered from drink and drug addiction, but he was also a strong advocate for the snake oil mRNA therapies. Yes, there he was. He is there he is. T-shirt. Could uh-huh. I be any more vaccinated? Get your shot and then get your shirt. Shop the entire collection at We Just Want Your Money, Matthew. Just uh, that That's even worse than OnlyFans, actually, isn't it? <laughs> we were talking about if, that. If he was selling crap, feet yeah. pictures to dirty old men, <laughs> um, then I'd have more respect for him. But no, he's... So, yes, it's sad because I enjoyed the series. He played a very good character. He did a couple of films after Friends finished, and and they weren't too bad. Typical written-by-committee, mass-produced Hollywood bollocks, really. But he's a funny guy, and he he made it work. And it is sad that he's dead, but I'm not going to sort of sit here and say, oh, it's because he had a jab. I would no. There is toxicology. Yeah, there is toxicology that's being done right now, so we don't know. Yeah, but um, yeah, very sad. Sorry to hear it, but I I can't have too much of a of a pity fest because he was an advocate for that poison. Yeah, I don't really have a whole lot of sympathy, but you know, we've we've. I mean, obviously, I'm sorry the man's dead, but um, I I don't I don't have a whole lot of sympathy if you if you don't have the mental discipline. To for you know, put the jab aside, right? Just just put all that stuff aside. I mean, we know what that's caused to a lot of people. So let's just set that aside for a moment. But if you don't have the mental discipline to be able to take care of yourself in today's world, especially especially if you're one of these prominent people, you're one of these these big celebrity types. They've got the financial ability to be able to have the best food, the best trainers, the best whatever you know, nutrition plans, the whole thing, right? The whole workup. And they still choose to abuse themselves like that. Yeah, uh, it, it, that's the one of the downsides of fame. When it's over, um, it doesn't matter how rich you are, it's that emptiness. There's a, a void in your life that used to be filmed, uh, filled by the fame, by you know doing X amount of episodes for each season of a very long-running sitcom. And he just disappeared off the plot. Um, and, I, and I think it, it was probably uh, as well, a result of, of that void. Yeah, and I, I see what you're saying, though. The, the, these these big name actors, when they do a series or something like that, they get into a problem where they, they become typecast, I think is the correct term, isn't it? Where they, they are that character and they can't play anything else. Like, for example, let's go back to a TV series that was in the late 80s, early 90s. I know you've heard of it, Married with Children. Yeah, Ed O'Neill, yeah, yeah, Al Bundy. Yeah, yeah. everybody Bundy, knows that. Yeah. yeah, everybody knows that. You mm-hmm. know him as Al Bundy. You don't know him as Ed O'Neill. You, no. You've not seen him in, in other things very much because that's who he is. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Tim Allen, Home Improvement, right? Did the yeah. sitcom for Disney back in the, in the 90s. Was, the Tool Man Taylor. Was a great show. That's who he is, right? Everybody knows him as the Tool Man. He, he's in that role. I know he's done films and things like that, but... Even so, when you're watching that, you you see his his character, his mannerisms. You can see that that's who that actually is. So they get yeah, stuck. Yeah, I mean, as as an actor, being able to diversify is um is is a most useful skill because most people are not fortunate enough to get a part, you know, a role in a long running sitcom. People in the UK with these um uh, soap operas, things like Coronation Street. EastEnders, there was another one as well about 
Liverpool, and I can't remember. Brookside. Don't forget, don't forget the only way is Essex. Don't forget that one. That's not that's that's not a soap that opera. A, that, that is, is a, a soap opera. It is. <laughs> it's a pile of shit. That's what that is. Um, Towie. It, it it demonstrates the the very worst element of of British culture. Downside. That was a that was a soap opera, wasn't it? No, so no? That, that was a drama series. So you got to get your genres right, mate. I don't watch this stuff. So, I mean, it's very, it, you have to admit, it is very rare that you and I are actually talking about entertainment stuff. I don't, I don't follow that stuff. I don't talk about it. The only reason I'm talking about it is because this, this poor fellow met his demise yeah, way too early. But there's so many of them like that that have, have wound up without any meaning in their life. And quite often they haven't made enough money uh, to live, you know, a secure life thereafter and and a lot of them have, have fallen by the wayside and and um drunk themselves to death and so on so well, that ability to uh, to diversify is very useful for an actor because you, okay. you can't guarantee you're going to get that long running thing right. there's a guy from east enters right um i can't remember what the character well the character's name was barry and he was an absolute loser overweight unattractive constantly trying to get rich uh this is the character of course uh, and having the worst success with women so much so that when he finally did get the girl he was after she wound up murdering him for his money and then when he left the 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 sitcom he parodied himself by turning up in other people's sitcoms and shows and and he was always in- introduced as it's Barry from EastEnders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, so he, he, he kind of had a rebirth and, and a second bite of the um, uh, second bite of the app, cherry. Yes, cherries you have two bites of, isn't it? And um, I've just heard on the radio today, he's he's appearing in Panto, pantomime. And so that, that's, he, he must do next to nothing all year and then come around about um, early September, he'll start rehearsing a pantomime. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, right. I'm, well, I'm waffling on about it. Well, yeah, but okay. So let, no, uh, before we move on to the next subject, just to kind of put a to show that this is not exclusive to just people that play the one role and then leave. Let's look at the diversified actors, the big names that have just that I can think of off the top of my head. I'm going to go back a little bit. John Belushi, right? Yeah. So you look at John Belushi, Robin Williams, another diversified actor. He wasn't. Um, I don't think he had so much a, a downfall, but his end was not exactly um, the the best. He was very depressed. And he ended up uh, hanging himself, you know, poor guy. But nonetheless, all right, so I'm not including him in this. John Belushi died entirely too young, drank himself to death. Uh, yeah. John Candy, if you remember John Candy. Yeah, um, Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck, yeah, that's the guy. And then what's uh, what's the other one? Uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Great, great film he did with Steve Martin. And then uh, what's the other? Chris Farley. You remember Chris Farley, Tommy Boy. Uh, played Tommy Boy with David Spade. Oh, right, yes. Yeah. So the these guys, you know, these are these were funny guys. These were these were great actors that could play a role in any comedy movie. And yeah, but it's it's kind of the same role. That's true. Yeah. Okay. I, I see your point. But nonetheless, I mean, they were still, you know, they were in these. And, it, and it's like I said, um, a lot of these films are written by committee. It's formulaic. It's going to have this character, that character, this character. The one who's quite successful at that is uh and you might not like him or I, I don't know but adam sandler and he has the same group of people in each of his films you get the the guy who was uh, 
I can't remember what it was, but it's about a guy who knows he's going to prison. So he gets uh, a martial art expert, which was played by David Carradine, to train him up so that he's tough enough to cope with prison. Uh, and he, he's um, he's half Filipino. Uh, he's the one that always went, you can do it. In, in uh, Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah. I remember that yeah. from Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Yeah. So he always has the same group of people, but they've all been successful themselves in in, in other things. So again, it, it's this formula. And when they stop writing parts for your stereotype, that's when you wind up on the scrap heap. And if you've got nothing else in your life, that's when they turn to to drink. They've got the money there to to buy drink and drugs. Yeah, and that's how they cope with it. Um, yeah, actors. Being one myself, we're we're kind of adrenaline junkies. We do get a real buzz out of being on stage and performing. Also, oh, that's I'm, why you're in here tonight. I understand. I see. I see how it is. You're in here to get an adrenaline rush. Well, I, uh, no, I, I no. This is still my my couch time. This is still my therapy. Um, you only have forty uh, countries listening to you right now, Marty. There's no pressure. Uh, forty countries. I think I've been to. Around about fifty-three different countries. Well, we're but increasing it, all the time, so yeah. It, it's it's nice to know that our listenership is is spreading, but there is a bit of pressure there now because I'm thinking, who the hell wants to listen to me run on uh, about uh, formulaic films? I don't know, but well, nobody get away because with people, because we're going to move on. But yeah, go on. Finish good, your let's point. do it. Yeah, but people get away with it all the time. People make careers out of being film critics and and so on and theatre critics without ever having trod the boards themselves. So yeah, why not? Why can't we talk about whatever we like? Anyway, what are yeah. we going to talk about next? We're going to talk about this crazy hockey player that got his neck sliced. You know, I've never seen anything like this. I I don't follow hockey. I, I'm not I'm not a sports guy uh, anymore these days. I, I don't follow. I never really followed hockey. But whenever something serious happens in a sport, you hear about it. I've never heard about anything like this happening in hockey. Have you? No. Um, I've got a couple of uh, friends locally that were involved in the the local ice hockey um team and i've certainly never heard of anything quite so catastrophically violent as, as what happened in that now at first before i saw the video and i had to speak to a friend in in the philippines actually and say have you seen the video because what he was saying that the guy kicked him and the first reports were that it was a the his stick that hit him in the neck, but it wasn't. It was a skate. Yeah, uh-huh. I, uh, I didn't know it was the skate. At first, everybody was saying it was just the stick, and and I was I, I thought okay, and then I then I later saw that all the headlines had been changed to the skate. Yeah, uh, and when you watch the video, you can see that he's gone in a really hard tackle on one guy, and he's launched himself in the air, and. I've tried to slow it down and look uh, and and see, but it really does look like he kicked out at another player from the opposite team that was coming up behind them. Uh, and those metal skates that they they are deadly weapons, and it hit that poor guy in the neck, and you know massive bleed, and he was dead in seconds. So it it's really really sad for the the dead player's family and friends and you know fans but what was that individual thinking i mean do they do drugs testing in uh of in course hockey? they do 
Well, this was okay. So this, I, I thought originally this was an NHL game because this was a former NHL player for the uh, I want to say yeah the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I've got uh, I got a photo here, file photo from him, uh, and he was playing in uh, Columbus, Ohio, which was where the Blue Jackets are. It's my city. That's that's where they were uh, when this picture was taken. But I later learned that this was a game that was taking place in the UK. And I honestly, I didn't realize you guys, no offense, I didn't realize you guys actually had professional hockey leagues. I didn't know. I always thought it was uh, just like rugby and cricket and that kind of stuff. It's it's gaining momentum because it is a very enthralling, dynamic sport. It's not my cup of tea, but yeah, it, it's gaining momentum, but it's still it's still way back there in, in terms of popularity, but more and more people are, are starting to watch it. This was a game between uh, Nottingham and Sheffield, I believe. And I saw that and I, yeah, I, I, of course I sent you the video and it yeah. was, uh, yeah, it was, it was horrendous. Uh, but that's, I, I honestly, I don't know. I, I would assume that because of all your sports, professional sports in the UK, I would assume they do drug testing and, and all that stuff before they get people in there. I, I don't know. I mean, why that would happen, I don't know, unless it was just, I hate to use the term, but knee jerk reaction or, or something, but yeah. I, I think it, it, it was, um, I think he probably intended to hit him in the chest as it, as he leapt. Uh, you know, he, he's he's crashed into one player. That sudden stop has allowed him to kick backwards. And if it was an accident, it was an accident. But it, it's reckless play. Yeah. I've just sat through the Rugby World Cup in which England came third, got the bronze medal, got the wooden spoon, the consolation prize. Who'd you play? In in the um, playoff for third place was against Argentina, who we'd already beat in the run-up to to the semifinals. Uh, sorry, in the semifinals. But I'm, no, in the run-up to the semifinals, we beat Argentina. But they, they came second in the group, so they went further as well. But anyway, rugby has been dramatically cleaned up in terms of safety. You know, you've got, Games being stopped uh, for head injury assessments. You know, people go going off and a replacement put on anytime there's a clash of heads. Types of tackle have been banned, and if um, if anyone's caught doing it, they are yellow carded. And now with um, the the video assisted refereeing, it then gets that they they'll get sent off into the sin bin for ten minutes, whilst under review for a red card, which means they don't even they don't get to come back on at all. And then all the video has gone through. So whilst rugby is being made safer to play, it's still a tough game, but it is being changed from when I compared when I used to play. I mean, one of my most endearing memories. Uh, it was just a moment of glory in a sevens game. That was, oh, goodness me, 1988 this was. I'm running down the pitch with the ball under my arm. Uh, one of the opposition is coming towards me to tackle me, and I've just palmed him away with my hand on the top of his forehead. But that head contact now would not be allowed. I'd have been sent off. As it was, he fell unconscious at my feet. I ran past him and scored a try because I'd, I'd knocked the poor guy out. That's all changed. So where I'm going with this is hockey, ice hockey, great big dangerous sticks, sharp blades on the bottom of your feet. They need perhaps to to really look at how the game is played. Do you remember a film called, uh, I think it starred a couple of the Ramones called Slapshot? No. 
you don't remember, okay? No, never. But it, it was it's about ice hockey, and these goons were put into the team because they just like to throw the gloves off and have a fight. They were there to disrupt the game. So when the their side was losing, they'd just get sent on and beat up whoever was, um, you know, the best player on the other side. And I think ice hockey has always had that reputation uh, that, you know, in the middle of things, you can just throw your gloves off and start wailing on people, which I always found really silly. You've got these great big heavy gloves and you've got people wearing helmets. But whenever they have a fight, they take the helmet off, throw the gloves off, and they're going at it like that. Yeah. It's, it, mm-hmm. it's sort of totally counterintuitive. It is. So yeah. it has got this reputation for violence as well as the sport. It's a very skillful sport. You have to be able to skate at speed whilst moving a little puck around with a stick. Oh, sorry about that. So it is a very tough game. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I, I, there was another tough game that was over there. I can't remember what it was. I think it was um, uh, curling, I think. is a, It's a very fast game. Uh, it's, no, it's a little... cur- curling, curling is um, where they... They, um, no, 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 no. Hur- hurling you is mean what I'm thinking. Hur- yeah, hurling. hurling. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And and Shinty uh, and all of these, you know, Gaelic games, really, they're, they're sort of from Scotland and Ireland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they are rough. They're rough games. Yeah. All right. I suppose we should talk about some things that are relevant in the world today. Right now, we have got, at at the moment, it's still unconfirmed at the moment. Uh, But supposedly... And this is at the moment, like I'm saying, at at the moment, this could change. Uh, It's it's unconfirmed, but supposedly Yemen has declared war on Israel, supposedly, because there were some cruise missiles that were spotted coming from South Yemen and headed into Tel Aviv. That's unconfirmed at the moment, but that's what's being reported. Uh, now, we talked about the uh, the possibility of the Houthi rebels getting involved in all this uh, this conflict in the Middle East, Iranian-backed, of course. Uh, and of course, we know who their state sponsor is. Also, Egypt's prime minister says the country is ready to sacrifice, quote, millions of lives to defend its territory. So things are picking up over there. Yeah. Oh, oh, and there's one other thing. This actually happened as we were going off on Friday. Hamas was hosted, their delegation was hosted at the Kremlin. If we just deal with the the first bit about Yemen supposedly launching complex missiles at Israel, I don't think a Yemeni touched uh, any of those missiles. I imagine Iranians in Yemen launch them if it happened you know like you say it's not absolutely confirmed no not yet but, well i'm not sure it will be but that's what's being reported now just you know yeah, by, by a couple but, of places but the Ye- yemenis they're the um the new prospect who've got to prove themselves to the rest of the gang they've had this conflict with their own government the the houthi and the government of yemen and that's spread over into Saudi Arabia and the Houthi want to I think they want more recognition they they want to be uh, a bigger fish in in that pond uh so that they'll they'll take any opportunity they can get to gain the notoriety to to prove that they've got the um the cojones shall we say well they do have a lot to prove don't they if you say they're looking to make a name for themselves especially in the region well then they're going to have to rattle some cages aren't they yeah uh and i'm i'm not a big fan of them um <laughs> you've made that clear before many times <laughs> yeah i don't know if i told if i've told the actual full story 
on on air as in within a podcast about what happened when uh the emirates got involved because they 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 were on the border as well i don't think you've told uh, me that story right they got the best out of their armed forces they some of the lads that i've been working with or you know that they were in in the institutions where i was uh, a, an advisor some of the best ones got sent to Yemen. And unfortunately, they made lots of mistakes. They didn't set up a proper perimeter. And in one day, they lost 28 guys. And it was down to really, really bad standard operating procedures. They were asleep in their sort of headquarters. I'm sorry, breaking uh, the Gateway Pundit right now, which is a, that is a you know larger outlet. They are confirming right now that Yemen has officially declared war on Israel. So yeah, that's our first like one. Say, they're, they're, so. they're, they're, they'll be quite happy to to gain that that notoriety for having done that. It'll give them more credence uh, amongst the stronger Arab nations. But yeah, they basically were asleep on ammunition boxes and just using RPGs, the Houthi attacked this headquarters and managed to hit an ammunition dump inside a building, and 28 Emirati guys were killed in one action. You imagine, 28 doesn't sound a huge amount. No, oh, that's but a lot for you, them. That's a lot for them. It is a lot for them, because there was hardly a family that wasn't affected, because yeah. they've got big families. You know, yeah, they're, sure. they're, they're, uh, uh, And so in a country of only 980,000 people, to lose 28 of them on one day was, you know, there, there was, I think there was a whole month of mourning. So oh, I imagine. I imagine so. No no music, only somber music was allowed to be played on any radio station. The TV stations were all playing, you know, black screen with just a simple message in Arabic script up. And in the officers club uh, in Abu Dhabi, um, which I used to go to quite regularly. It's a very nice place, fantastic restaurants. They did large, I mean, we're talking 60 feet by 30 feet murals of the whole thing. So, yeah, it, I'm not I'm not a big fan of the Houthi because um, they killed a couple of people I know. Yeah, well, I can understand that wholeheartedly. So there is that that's going on. Uh, we've also got, what's the other one here? I know you don't want to, you probably don't want to talk about this, but I suppose we can end on this one because we're going to, we're going to go ahead and jump out of here. But it's been a nice non-political podcast with the exception of, of that. We don't talk about this. Even off air, we don't talk about that stuff very often, do we? No, not really. Um, but yeah, um, well, what have you, what have you got? I've got, I've got, uh, what, I'll give you a choice. We can go Greta or we can go King Charles. Which one you want to do? Well, as both of them make my teeth itch, uh, I, I don't really mind. We we can do it. Well, I think we can probably do them both because I'm going to have something very fast and pithy to say about both of these individuals. Well, I tell you what, let's start with Greta because we were just talking about the Israel-Palestine-Middle uh, East conflict. So we can we can just roll into this one and then we'll get to Charles. Uh, but Greta has uh, what she I I'm pretty sure that this was this came this did come from her Twitter uh, her Twitter feed, but it was later deleted. I'm I'm almost sure of it. Where uh, she was holding up the sign. I think I, sh I showed you in prep, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, you did. I can't remember what the sign says now. It but, said, um, uh, "Stand with, uh, stand with Gaza, uh, or whatever." Free, you know, and yeah. they were standing there for climate justice and free Palestine. And this, uh, this Jewish person stands with Palestine. That that kind of stuff. Uh, her little entourage there. Yeah. 
But in actual fact, an awful lot of Jewish people who are non-Zionist do agree that the Palestinians have been severely disadvantaged. Uh, and it, like I said, the I think it was in the podcast rather than in prep, sometimes you have to let the fight happen just so that it can be finished with once and for all. The question is, where do these, I don't know, scruffy, I mean, they, they all, all look like they... They all shop in the, the lactose, free, and I'm not knocking people that are yeah, lactose yeah, intolerant. They yeah. all shop in the vegan aisle at the stores. Yeah. Um, where where do they think the Jewish people that are living in Israel are going to go? Are they really sitting there with these ridiculous placards calling for genocide? Because that's what Iran's plan is. That's what Hamas's plan is. It's the complete destruction of Israel. So these vacuous bints in some Nordic country somewhere, they can take their opinion and shove them up their asses, quite frankly. No argument from that. And I I hate to say it, but uh, this one's not going to be any better. King Charles, you know, we're, we're going around the world because we're on apologetic tours because of our, our colonialist past, right? Yeah, there's yeah. a couple other countries in the world that's like to portray that on the West when it actually when in actuality it's not really that. But King Charles is in Kenya now, and he uh, he expresses his greatest sorrow and deepest regret over Britain's colonial past, and says that there can be no excuse. But he stops short of just a full apology when he was giving a speech there at the state event. Well, there are things to be apologized to in Kenya. For instance, there was a, a, a while back a number of. Long retired British servicemen were dragged through the courts on rape charges for for raping Kenyan women in Nairobi, Mombasa, um, uh, when when the British Army was stationed there. The fact of the matter is that to make ends meet, an awful lot of Kenyan women were on the game. But then once they'd got independence and some bright spark human rights lawyer decided this will make a good case, we'll get a good class action going and make a few million out of the good old British taxpayer, a number of trumped-up charges were brought forward. That's not to say that there weren't abuses. Of, of Well, no, of, but it makes a mockery of the whole thing, though, doesn't it? Yeah. It, it does, because you, you've got actual cases that then get diluted because of the nonsense that gets pulled by that. Exactly. And King Charles can go wherever he likes and, and give apologies, but he should do it in his name and his name only because the rest of us, we've not benefited from colonialism. Um, if anything, it's just very few, very rich uh, aristocratic families and these captains of industry in the UK that may over the centuries have benefited from colonialism. The rest of us, have been pretty much well given the rough end of a pineapple, really, in terms of of the you know reaping the rewards. The taxpayer now, the average man and woman in the street, is paying around about forty percent of everything they earn in tax, and that tax is being given away to places like Ukraine and talks of reparations and and all all of these things. So. I don't want him to apologize on my behalf because I've got nothing to be guilty of. Whereas his family, uh, and bear in mind, I actually 
like having a constitutional monarchy, but his family certainly did benefit from it. So he can apologise on his own behalf, but I'm f***ed if he can apologise on mine. You just say you like having a constitutional monarchy. You need to... Yeah, do. Really, really, you need I to do. try a constitutional republic. And if you don't like it, then I suppose you can go back. But shouldn't you at least try it? Well, I, I think um, at the moment I'm, I'm enjoying... No, enjoying is the wrong word. I'm being forced to endure a totalitarian Marxist regime at the well, moment. that's true. Yeah, that is true. But on the bright side, Marty, you get gun rights. Isn't that good? When do I get gun rights? If you get a constitutional republic. I'm, I'm, of course, I'm referencing the US Constitution as a blueprint, of course, not to take it exactly. You don't have to, obviously. And it was written by Englishmen, you see. So it does come from good roots. Yeah. You've said to me, and it's a line from a film, we were soldiers about the early stages of the Vietnam War. Mel Gibson... Is it was it? World War II, wasn't it? No, no, it was it was the Vietnam War, and it was the the early the early stages after the French had legged it out, and oh, yeah, um, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, typical French, no offense, but I can't remember his name, but he's a grey haired guy. He was in Roadhouse, the older bouncer, and he played the sergeant major in this film. And one of the young officers said, "Where's your rifle, Sergeant Major?" And he says, by the time I need a rifle, there'll be plenty lying around. And yeah, I I would like to have the right to own a firearm, but I I can forego that uh, at the moment. Although I I do believe that the time is coming when, when we will definitely be needing one. And I'm hoping that there'll be plenty lying around. And if not, then I'm sure you know exactly I, I, where to get one. So it's yeah, it's all good. Well, it's been a great conversation, my friend. I do like uh, having these conversations that are not political. You know, we do have to take a break every now and again. So that's why we do a couple a week, or at least try to, that are non-political, uh, to show that we're actually real people, right? Because politics is just kind of, you know, it's a, it's the same thing over and over again. Uh, but we did throw a little bit in here today, didn't we? Yeah, uh, well, you, you can't avoid it. It's It's modern life, unfortunately. I want to put a plea out to the UK listenership uh, and uh, ask you all to write to your MPs demanding that the next time Andrew Bridgen speaks in the Houses of Commons, that they at least attend. He gave another speech just the other day to the Speaker, a security guard and one of the cleaners. It's ridiculous that the one person in Parliament at the moment that is speaking out and speaking the truth, nobody is listening to him. That they they just vacate the whole of the house, and only those that absolutely have to be there are remaining in the houses of Parliament at the time. So write your MPs and demand that they attend his next speech. I suppose we will call this one done. I'll see you later in the week. It's been a great conversation. You certainly will. Thank you very much. Very good. Have yourself a fine evening. So that'll do it for us for today. Thank you for being here today. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless everyone. Have a great evening.